Alright, Exodus chapter 6. We read just a couple of verses into chapter 6 last week, or week before last I guess it was, and we're going to start with verse 1, even though we read it last week. We're going to start with verse 1, and we're going to read uh, through verse 13 tonight. We're not, we're not going to cover uh, the genealogies from 14 to 25. You can read those on your own sometime if you want to. It's not that I don't think genealogies are important, but we're, we're going to talk a little bit about this genealogy in the weeks to come. We're going to come back and talk about it a little bit. But tonight we're just going to look at the first 13 verses of Exodus chapter 6. So we're going to pray, and then we'll get started. Father God, we come to you. I pray that as we read through these verses that we'll get some good out of it. God, I thank you for a good day. It has been a good day, God. We thank you that we can come here, see these young ones get baptized today, and we praise you for it. And I pray, God, that you just uh, get my mind out of the gutter. Help me not to be thinking about the world. Help me not to be worried about stuff. But, God, help me to be focused on your word. Let your Holy Spirit speak through me to these people, dear Lord. Let it be beneficial to us. I pray that you hide me behind the cross, dear Lord. I pray that you'd forgive my pride, that you would humble me, that you would just let us have a good night tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alright, so Moses has gone into Israel to try to get the people out. He told Pharaoh, let the people go. Pharaoh said, no, I'm going to make them work harder. The people of Israel are not super excited because Moses has come in. He's going to save them. Yeah, that didn't work out too good. So things weren't looking too good at this point. That's a brief recap of, of where, we, where we've been for the last few weeks. Verse 1. But the Lord replied to Moses, Now you are going to see what I will do to Pharaoh. He will let them go because of my strong hand. He will drive them out of his land because of my strong hand. So... Uh, God is, is saying, look, I'm going to deliver the people. Moses went and talked to Pharaoh, and, and Moses is saying, look, God, why did you do this? Now things are worse than they were before, and God is reassuring him in this first verse. He's saying, look, I'm going to take care of this. Pharaoh is going to let the people go. And God says, my strong hand is going to be the reason why. God is about to do some mighty and powerful works that Pharaoh uh, all the Egyptians and the nation of Israel are about to see take place. Verse 2. Then God spoke to Moses, telling him, I am Yahweh. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, but I did not reveal my name, or excuse me, I did not reveal my name Yahweh to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan. And they lived the land of Canaan they lived in as foreigners. Furthermore, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are forcing to work as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Now, these verses may be a little tricky because what God says here is He says, I am Yahweh, uh, that He appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but He did not reveal His name Yahweh to them. Well, if we go back and we read in the Old Testament before this, guess what? We see the name Yahweh mentioned. Now, there are a couple of, of opinions as to what exactly this could mean. One is that God didn't reveal His personal name to them. They knew Him as God Almighty, and they didn't know Him as Yahweh. But later on in translations, a translator said, Oh, 
here we're, we're talking about God Almighty. This is Yahweh. We're just going to put his name in there. That's one possibility that where we see Yahweh could have been added later. Or it, it may not be in a literal sense, but God may be implying that, okay, the ones before me who I made the promise to, they knew me, but, but you guys are going to know me in a, in a much deeper way, in a much better way. And in a sense, I, I could see that being true too. Obviously, God had made the promise. The people before had heard the promise. They knew who God was, but God was about to bring the promise, uh, make it come true to these people who he's talking to here. Uh, for years, the promise had been, look, I'm going to give you your own land. But now God is going to reveal himself in a much mightier and a much different way than what we've seen up until this point in the text. Obviously, God does some very memorable things here in the book of Exodus. Uh, the, even, even for non-Christians, uh, there are many non-Christians who would be familiar with the story of Moses parting the Red Sea. That's a pretty big deal. That's not an uncommon story that people may have heard of. Are the plagues of Egypt where God's strong hand is being displayed in a way uh, a little different than what we've seen before, and God is finally making the promise come to be. God is reminding the people that He has not forgotten them and that they are about to see Him in a special way. Now, I don't know which two of those interpretations uh, maybe is the most correct. Maybe Yahweh was added by later writers and God hadn't revealed His name to him. Maybe God had revealed His name to him, but He's saying, I'm going to reveal myself to you in a different way. Uh, so those verses may be a little tough, but I think either of those explanations uh, are, are good explanations. But I, I tend personally to lean toward the second one. I think that God is telling the people, you're going to experience me in a much deeper and greater way than those who came before you did. Furthermore, in verse 5, he says, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are forcing to work as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. So God is reminding them, I hadn't forgotten the promise I made to you. When I said years ago that I'm going to give you a promised land, God is saying, look, I know it looks bad. I know you're in forced labor right now, but I have not forgotten my promise to you. And that's what uh, we need to remember about God's Word. When God speaks and when we read God's Word and we see the truth of God's Word, we can bank on that. God when God says something, it's going to happen. And God said, look, I'm going to do it. And God was reminding the people here that that was going to be the case. Verse 6, Therefore tell the Israelites, I am Yahweh, and I will deliver you from the forced labor of the Egyptians and free you from slavery to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and great acts of judgment. So not only is God going to redeem His children here, but there's also going to be a great judgment that is going to take place on Egypt through these plagues. They are going to suffer greatly. Again, uh, so many things we see in the Old Testament, they point us forward, and, 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 and this reminds me of, of Revelation, a similar type of thing. Our as for that matter, the, most of the New Testament. That is God reminding us that one, those of us in Jesus Christ will be redeemed, we will be delivered, but also when we get to the book of Revelation, we see that judgment. We know that justice is going to be served. This is not an uncommon theme throughout Scripture. And that, that as Christians, God is reminding His people then as well as He's reminding us now, look, I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to redeem you if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But there is going to come a day of judgment for those who have done evil. Verse 7, I will take you as my people and I will be your God. You will know that I am Yahweh, your God, who delivered you from the forced labor of the Egyptians. Now, 
it, it is likely, I don't know that the text ever tells us this, but I believe it is not unlikely, I should say, that the Israelites were probably exposed to many other gods of that day. The Egyptians had many gods. And if, if you think of it from the side of the Israelites, they had probably heard the promise. They knew it had been passed down, but it had been many, 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 many years since all this had taken place. And so, naturally, some of them maybe have been, been waiting, but there may have also been some who were saying, look, is God ever going to come? Is God ever going to fulfill the promise? There were undoubtedly some who would have maybe given up on God, who maybe would have even turned to other gods. This, again, is not an uncommon theme for God's children. It's not uncommon for God to address the fact that they're worshiping idols, that they are worshiping other gods. So perhaps what God is doing here, not only is he reminding them that he's going to deliver them, but he's reminding them that he is the only God that is worth anything because he is the only God. Whoever they may have been putting their trust in, if they had been putting their trust in some other God, God is telling them, I'm about to show you what's what. I'm about to show you that I am God. I am Yahweh. I am God Almighty, and I am going to be the one who is going to deliver you. Whatever gods the Egyptians had, whatever gods they thought existed, they were soon about to learn that whatever they put their faith and trust in would not stand up to the one true God, the God of Israel. Verse 8, I will bring you to the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a possession. I am Yahweh. Moses told this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their broken spirit and hard labor. Now, up until this point, Israelites had it pretty bad. Moses comes in and says, guess what, guys? God's coming through. He's, he's answering his promise. He's going to deliver you. Let me go talk to Pharaoh. Moses goes, hey, Pharaoh, God said let the people go. Nope, not going to do it. Going to make them work harder. The people were kind of grumbling and complaining. And so then God says, all right, I'm fixing to do it. I'm about to show you my power. My people are going to see my power. Pharaoh's going to see my power. They're going to see my strong hand. And God is saying, I'm fisting to deliver them. So Moses goes back to tell him the news. He goes back to tell him all this that God's telling him here. And whenever he went back to the people, they did not listen to him because of their broken spirit and hard labor. Now that's exactly what Pharaoh was trying to do, if you remember. He said, look, if they're going to want to believe all this mumbo-jumbo and quit working so that they can go serve their God. He said, I'm going to work them harder so they forget about it. And I'm paraphrasing there. But, but his solution was he was going to work it out of them so that they wouldn't be sidetracked and have enough time to think about all this foolish Yahweh stuff. And it appears here that Pharaoh's plan had worked to some extent because of their forced labor and because of their broken spirit. Think about it. Think if you'd been waiting for hundreds of years for God to deliver you. All of a sudden the deliverer comes and you're thinking, this is the time. We're about to be delivered. And instead of getting delivered, your, your, your experience gets harder instead of easier. That's something that happens to us sometimes as Christians too. Sometimes God calls us to something. And sure, just like we talked about today, not everything is always bad. God blesses. God takes care of us. But sometimes there has to be a period of hard times before there can be a period of blessing, before we can really see God at work. Israelites had to go through that. And they were saying, look, they were, they were just down. They said, we're working harder. They weren't really wanting, wasn't really wanting to hear what Moses was having to say. Verse 10, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Go and tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go from this land. But Moses said 
in the Lord's presence. If the Israelites will not listen to me, then how will Pharaoh listen to me since I am such a poor speaker? Uh, some, some translations may say, uh, a man of, I have uncircumcised lips. Uh, Moses, remember, this is not uncommon from what Moses had said earlier. Moses has kind of used that excuse before. Well, well, God, how can I go talk to him? And remember, God sent, Moses, uh, God sent Aaron with him uh, to help be a speaker before Pharaoh. Now, Moses is kind of having the same attitude as the Israelites. He's already done it. Could you imagine? You know, you know how it is. Sometimes you have to work up the courage for something. God had told him to go to Pharaoh. He worked up the courage. He was faithful. He went in there, and he did his part, and Pharaoh said no. And now God's saying, all right, I want you to go back. Ah, oh, it's like you've got to work up the courage all over again. And Moses is saying, look, God, how is he going to listen to me? Your people aren't listening to me. Why is Pharaoh going to listen to me? After all, I'm not a good speaker. Who am I to go in here and talk to Pharaoh again a second time? I've already been denied. Verse 13, Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them commands concerning both the Israelite and Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the Israelites out of the land of Egypt. And that's what we are going to see. Eventually, Moses and Aaron are going to go back. Eventually, the people of Israel are going to see the mighty hand of God, and they are going to be delivered. And so we're just kind of continuing on in the story, really seeing some of the similar things that we've seen up until this point. And if nothing else, if we don't know this already, it reminds us that we as human beings are pretty stubborn. We are too quick, uh, too, it's too easy for us and too quick for us to give up on God. Because we, we want God to make everything perfect and we want God to work on our time. We want to be delivered right now. When we go do God's work and we go talk to the pharaohs in our life, we want the pharaohs to say, all right, I'm going to listen to what you have to say. And just like the Israelites and just like Moses, we're, we're not much different. Oftentimes, God may call us to something and we go try it and we give up just the first time, just like Moses did. Well, did my part. Or, or, we, or we want God to do something and we pray for it for a couple days and God didn't do it and say, well, I guess God did, didn't matter. My situation's getting worse than it is better. But what God reminds them here and what God constantly reminds us of through His Word is He is with us. He is with us. And He is going to get us through whatever it is we're going through. Maybe not in our time. Maybe not in the way that we want to get, get through it. But He's going to bring us through it. He's going to be with us through the process. And we're going to see that unfold in a mighty way in the next few chapters. We're about to get into where it's going to be some serious stuff when we're going to see the mighty hand of God in this journey through the book of Exodus. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for these words tonight. I thank you for uh, letting us be able to come and study these things. And God, we thank you for showing your, your people Israel uh, just how powerful you are, God. That, that relationship that you desired to have with them, that, that you desired to bring them from a place of slavery into a place of freedom, into a place of abundance, God. Not so different than it is for us, dear Lord. You desire to, to bring us from a place of slavery to sin. You desire to bring us to a place of freedom in you. So God, help us as we may be on our own spiritual journey to listen to you, to be obedient to you. God, maybe there are some Moseses in our life. Maybe there are some people that you've put into our life to help lead us where we need to go, and maybe we're not listening. God, maybe the Holy Spirit's doing that work in our life, and we're not listening. But God, help us to understand your word. Help us to learn from the Israelites. God, help us to learn from our own foolish, stubborn uh, mistakes and unwillingness to listen. 
And God, help us just to grow in you. And I pray that as we continue to read through these next few chapters and see how you work, God, that we would, that we would get it, that we would understand it, and that we would grow in you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.